Good morning. Welcome on in. 97.5-1280 The Zone. DJ and PK coming at you on this early morning, Tuesday, March 30th. I'm PK. DJ is off today. And we've got a lot to discuss. The Jazz with another easy win. 114-75 to over the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers stink. Yeah, nice backcourt, but other than that, they stink. And the Jazz took care of business. That was the great thing about it. Forget about these slow starts. Doesn't that slow start stuff seem like it was a while ago now? It's all about starting fast and burying teams that aren't very good. That's at least three in a row. We need DJ here. He's got the better memory. But uh, both Memphis games over the weekend, Friday and Saturday, were Fast. I mean, obviously Memphis came back Friday, Saturday they didn't. And then last night, 27 to 18, was it, in the first quarter? Jazz established themselves and almost did the exact same thing. I think it was 26-16 in the second quarter. And that baby was over. Why not take all the mystery out of it right away? Of course, no need to let the Cavaliers believe they've, they've got a chance. Very impressive. I mean, they stink, obviously, but that's what you're supposed to do. When you're a very good team and you're playing a team that stinks, crush them. Beat them big time right from the start. Take it away. And then you get the guys get in there and just can have a good time. Move the ball around. Nobody really stood out offensively. They didn't need to because they had great balance. Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, and Conley all in the upper teens. And everybody else got, got a bunch of guys got into the end of the bench. Ilyasova got some time. The new kid, Thomas, got some time. That's good stuff. There's really nothing to complain about. And I put on Facebook, can this team do what it did earlier in the season? Can it run off a great big-time win streak? You know, what did they have, 11 and then another one uh, of uh, 10, was it, in a row, 21 of 22? Can they do that again? I think they can. Why not? Tell me. Tell me why they can't. I think we know why they can, because they got great talent. They got great three-point shooters, right? Of course. That's why they can. We know why they can. Tell me why they can't. Let me know. Hit me up. Why can't they run off another impressive win streak? I believe they can. I don't. Uh, maybe next week, the 7th of April, they got Phoenix. That's a decent game. Memphis tomorrow night in Memphis. Memphis had a nice win uh, last night. Who did they beat? I got it right here for you in a second. Memphis. I know they beat somebody, and I am looking right now. And maybe uh, they're a good team. I mean, they're not a great team. Either way, they beat the Rockets, and the Rockets stink. They beat them by 10, 120 to 110. So they should be able to beat those guys, and they did. Uh, they're going on the road. It's a you know a halfway decent team, having to beat them three times in five days or whatever it is, six days, may not be the easiest thing, but Jazz are set up, set up to do very very well. Also, we got half of the Final Four decided. The second half of the Final Four will be decided tonight. How about this? You have an opportunity of uh, Houston got there last night, and Gonzaga tonight if they beat SC. You'd have two teams that are not from Power 5 conferences, obviously, with uh, the AAC and the West Coast Conference, if Gonzaga should win and get to the Final Four. 
That would be sort of cool. You'd have BYU's basketball conference and the conference that some BYU fans would like to see them in football. I certainly wouldn't mind it if they joined that conference in football. I think it would be halfway decent. They don't need to do it right now, but something to keep a hold on because I think that that conference is pretty good in football. Uh, But it doesn't look like it's going to be on the horizon right now. So we'll see how that plays out. And uh, Baylor beat Arkansas to get the uh, two teams that we know are in the Final Four, Houston and uh, Baylor, obviously. And I think Houston was a two-seed, Baylor's a one-seed. So, And obviously Gonzaga is a one-seed, too. So we'll see how that plays out tonight. All right, coming up next, we're going to do some Utah football. Utah football, they're speaking uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I think Kyle Whittingham is speaking on Mondays and Fridays. And they're rotating. And as far as the speakers they had were the offensive guys, the running backs. So we'll let you hear from Kyle Whittingham, Kyle McDonald, uh, and then the running back, the three running backs, uh, Bernard, Pledger, and Curry. Stay with us, 97.5-1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning. Welcome on in. Appreciate you joining us early. We're going to listen to some Utah football sound. Kyle Whittingham. And his running backs coach, McDonald, we're going to listen to them, and then we'll be back. And we will also get to the best of the Jazz postgame. Okay, sorry guys about the uh, delay. We had uh, some logistical issues this morning. Uh, but anyway, here we are. Uh, not a lot to uh, talk about from my point of view, different than what we had Friday. Uh, other than we did have a really uh, outstanding practice on Saturday. It was the first live work of uh, – of the spring, and so it was good to uh, see the uh, the guys when there was uh, no no limitations, and uh, it was it was positive practice. Uh, still continue to make progress, and uh, we're now what uh, two weeks down, three weeks to go, and uh, we'll be on the field uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, uh, getting the weekend off, and then finish off uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday in the successive two weeks. So, so things are going well. Uh, no. Uh, major issues at this point and uh that's where we're at so questions we'll start off with trevor allen kslsports.com kyle when when you look at the running back position last year you you had a a four horse race uh going into the season and then uh you know ty ty jordan emerged and now you've got three running backs and then ricky coming in um, later, do you do you see this being a similar situation going into fall camp, or or is there a guy emerging now? As of now, a very similar situation as last year going into fall camp uh, with the three guys that we got uh, at the top of the chart now, and then adding Ricky Parks in the summer. Now that could change. You know, we still got nine practices left this spring, and and uh, you know things can happen. People can uh, 
you know, work your way up or down the depth chart, if the case may be. But, but as it sits right now, that looks like the most, uh, I don't want to say logical, but the most, uh, that I think that's the best bet is that it will be a four, four guy uh, competition between the four guys we're talking about with TJ Pledger, Chris Curry, Makai Bernard, who are here with us now, and then Ricky Parks uh, being added in the summer. Next, we'll go to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, good morning. Good morning, Josh. Um, specifically with Pledger and Curry, you know, they're coming from, you know, two power five programs. They played at a high level. What do they bring to the room in terms of, you know, the maturity and the um, experience factor? Also? Well, just those two things for sure. Uh, to start with, maturity and, and experience, they both have uh, been in programs that uh, you know, very successful and and uh, they're, they're good players, and that's something that we, we desperately needed to add to the room is, is more talent. And uh, they're, they're so far, as I mentioned last week, I think it was the transition they've made is, has been very good. Their work habits, uh, everything, they, they know the, the, uh, the deal in, in big-time college football. I mean, they've been there, done that. So this is, this is nothing new to them, and, and uh, so far they fit right in. Just to follow that up, I know that you've addressed this already, but can you just speak to the differences in, may in maybe their styles and, and how they play? Yeah, uh, TJ, uh, more of a, a scat back. I guess you could maybe compare him to John White uh, that was here uh, several years ago, a terrific running back for us, and uh, more of that type of a runner, uh, whereas Chris Curry's a bigger kid and, and more uh, tackle the tackle uh, oriented, although he does have good speed and quickness to get outside, but but he's a much bigger kid, uh, you know, 20, 25 pounds heavier than, than TJ. And so uh, that's the, you know, the two differences in those guys. Next, we'll go back to Trevor Allen. What does it say about the progress of, of your program when you can get two running back transfers from schools like Oklahoma and LSU? Well, we're related to have them, and uh, I think that our track or, uh, our track record and past history with uh, running backs has been very good here as far as a production, and I think it's an attractive place for running backs to come. They they know that uh, we're going to be running the ball, uh, a very balanced attack, running the ball you know, half the time, and, and uh, I think that's something that uh, it's, you know it's running back friendly, and so. Running backs uh, definitely have an interest in our program. That's something that uh, in the recruiting uh, that goes on, we've uh, definitely found out that uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're very attracted to the running backs in this program. And then to, to a follow-up on that, um, just on, on the old line, um, you've, you've obviously moved Nick, Nick Ford over to center. What does that mean for Orlando Umana? Orlando's uh, working hard. He's, uh, you know, we got the inside three positions that uh, he fits in any one of those three, left guard, center, right guard. And that's typical. The inside guys typically uh, can play uh, any three of those spots. And, and Hernando's working for one of those spots right now. Um, and then the outside two guys, you know, are typically you know, right tackle or left tackle oriented, not, not uh, cross-training inside. So that, that's how we separate. All the inside guys get work pretty much all three positions, uh, but the outside guys stay stay on the edge, but uh, Orlando is having a good spring so far. Uh, he was a little banged up at the end of last season. He's feeling better now, and uh, he's competing every day. Our next question will come from Bill Riley, ESPN 700. Al, good morning. Good morning, Bill. 
Um, just curious, you know, you talked about the running styles of the running backs. Um, throwing the ball out of the backfield has become a big part of it, and maybe with limited numbers of wide receiver, it could be a bigger part of your offense this fall. How do those three guys uh, compare to some pass backs and catching the ball out of the backfield? They've all three got excellent hands and, and uh, run, run run good routes and very capable. Uh, we've had some terrific backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Devontae Booker's probably the best we ever had here at that particular skill. And uh, But these guys, uh, are all three seem to uh, be complete backs as far as uh, running the football, catching out of the backfield, and picking up blitzes. And that's really what, uh, what you're looking for in a running back is, is a guy that can do all three of those things. Okay, do we have any other questions? One more from Steve Bartle. Morning, Coach. Um, we talked a lot about the uh, the transfers, but I'd be curious to hear about the progress of Makai Bernard. He's, you know, he kind of showcased some things last year in limited reps, but just curious to hear his progress. Yeah, he's uh, come a long way since he's gotten the program. Uh, he's got himself bigger and stronger. Uh, he's close to 200 pounds now. Uh, smart kid, uh, and probably if you had to uh, look at just the live work on Saturday, he probably graded the best of the three. Uh, when you talk about just that one isolated uh, portion of practice, which which we uh, put a lot of weight on, you know, the the, uh, the live work is what we uh, you know consider the, the the best barometer of where the players are and what uh, where they're at in the pecking order. And, and Makai really had a good Saturday for us. Good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning. How's everything going? Great. So I just wanted to get an idea. Um, if you'd explain uh, the process of how you brought these two new transfers and Curry and Pledger in so quickly. Um, right fit. Uh, these guys want to come into a situation. We've done, we have a great tradition here at the running back position. Um, this is a run first team. There's no secret about that. Um, we run to win and that's just kind of a philosophy of what we do. Um, and they were looking for a place where they can come in and compete right now. This I'm all about competition. Uh, the best player will play. The best player will win. Um, that that player will start, and they wanted that opportunity. So they were looking for a school that um, was able to grant them that opportunity. So it just kind of worked out for for both uh, the players and us. And just a quick follow up: um, once one committed, did that have an effect on the other at all? No. Uh, told both of them that we we're going to wind up bringing another guy in, and at the end of the day, it's all about competing and competition, and. We're going to go out here and, and, and run the rock, and uh, the best player will get it. Hey, I wanted to ask you, what specifically, what traits specifically did you guys identify with TJ Pledger and Chris Curry that made you feel like these guys would be the, the best backs to bring into Utah? Well, first and foremost, starting with TJ Pledger, um, he was a, a weekly all-conference performer um, against Texas. So I watched that game extensively. Uh, with myself, Coach Witt, um, and a number of people on staff. What you got a chance to see about that young man is not only could he catch the ball, but he breaks a lot of tackles and he's very elusive. So we thought that um, with his technique and his skill set that he can come into this offense and be very, very productive. Well, we're talking about Chris. Um, Chris is a big physical kid. He runs downhill. Um, really paid a lot of attention to that Sugar Bowl game um, that he had against Oklahoma. Um, where he's getting downhill, running through tackles, got a chance to get more and more carries. And you see, you saw that he got stronger and stronger as the game went on. So um, 
I think that just kind of fits who we are, who we've been. Uh, big, tough, physical guys that can have uh, some run after contact. We'll go next to Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune. Kyle, good morning. Yes, good morning. Um, if you're comfortable speaking about this, you know, what have the last three months been like for you f- from an emotional standpoint, just, you know, trying to process uh, and grieve Ty Jordan's death? Mm. Gotcha. Um, when you talk about that process, uh, very tough. Uh, Ty and I were very extremely close. Um, and there's always going to be ups and downs. But at the end of the day, we're a family here and family uh, looks out for each other. You know, got a chance to uh, talk to his family that's down there in, in Texas and in Dallas and the people that are surrounded, uh, that were surrounded with him for his success uh, a lot. And we've gotten a chance to become very close. And again, we'll do anything that we can for them, love them for sure. Uh, but it's just uh, one day at a time. You know, it's like losing a family member. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. Um, but you just got to understand that you loved them. They loved you. And you you're hoping that they're at peace. Thank you, Kyle. We'll go next to Hans Olsen, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach, how difficult is it keeping current players on roster happy? How much work goes into that? Um, and, and is it different than it used to be? Um, it's a little bit different uh, now because uh, you're we're getting ready to get that one-time transfer uh, done. Uh, guys have an opportunity to go ahead and leave. You have the portal that didn't exist before as well, so guys can hop into the portal and, and wind up going. The problem is, is there's a misconception about the portal. There's a lot of guys sitting in the portal that do not have a home, and a lot of guys don't understand that. Uh, it's really more, I think it was like a third of the guys that hopped into the portal uh, wound up receiving a scholarship. So you might be a person that you might want want to uh, transition to somewhere else, but the grass is not always greener on the other side, you know? Um, so it's a, uh, it's a tough process, but it's all about who you recruit. It is about who you recruit and what the situation is. You know, I've had uh, guys that wound up leaving the program because they wanted to play. You know, we had uh, Ty Jordan and he was an All-American. He's an all-conference performer. And I had about four or five guys that were very, very talented. You know, uh, for example, TJ Green winds up going to Liberty. TJ Green's a very good football player, you know, but I didn't know that a freshman was going to come in here in here and take the reins, you know? So uh, these guys have dreams too. It does. So it, I think each, each situation is mutually exclusive. It's, it's, it's a base on base by base basis um, for sure. So uh, it's, it is different for sure. It is, but at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we are going to treat them as men, respect them, but that's not going to change us coaching them hard. When when you uh, bring in a guy like Pledger and a guy like Curry, do you go to guys on roster, guys like Bernard and others, and say, "Hey, we're bringing in these guys"? Are they consulted, or 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 is this just done and then told? Like, how do you address that with these guys? Uh, I told Makai that we're going to bring in some guys. We're going to rebuild the room. We had one guy on on scholarship on campus. <laughs> so that, I think that's kind of uh, – I think he understood that part of it. Um, consulted? No. 
no, we're, I'm not consulting anybody uh, because at the end of the day, we got to do what's what's best for the program at the end of the day. So we needed to rebuild the room. We went and got guys that can play. Uh, the best guy, we identified guys that can play for the U, and we're going to go and compete. You can't be scared of competition. You can't because if you're scared of competition, this is not the place for you. Our last two will come from Cole Bagley and Steve Bartle. Yeah, Coach, previously uh, head coach Kyle Whittingham talked um, very highly about the development of Makai Bernard. I just wanted to get your assessment on how far he's come. He's coming. Uh, we're getting better. Uh, blade of grass at a time. You know, got a chance to see flashes on Saturday of what he can do. When things break down, we can get out around the corner. But uh, there's things that we got to continue to work on. He's making strides. Um, and – He's he is getting better in all facets of the game, whether it's running the ball, blocking, uh, pass catching. Uh, he's doing a good job and he's coming along. Last one from Steve Bartle. Uh, well, Coach, uh, you were high on Makai Bernard during his recruitment. Uh, he's you know got a lot of potential. Just talk about his growth from day one to now. Exponential. Uh, he has exponentially grown. Um, he's grown as a man, uh, and he's grown as a football player. He's become more mature. When Makai got here, Makai was 17 years old when he got here. He was young. You know, he's just still been in high school. You know, he, he graduated uh, a year before he was supposed to. You know, so it's a maturation process, you know. So to see uh, how he was when he first got here, you know, um, and to where he is now, running strong, running physically, uh, it's it's been good to see. So, and I think that he's got a lot in the tank, um, and he knows exactly what he needs to do. So I'm fired up to see where he goes. All right, there you go. That is the Utah football offensive running backs, running backs coach, and, of course, Kyle Winningham as they progress in the middle of spring ball. Coming up next... Of course, it is the Jazz post game that we play every morning after the Jazz game. Stay with us, 97.5, 1280, The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, the Jazz with an easy win. No problem last night hammering the Cleveland Cavaliers as we all expected they took care of them very easily, 114 to 75. And right now, we've got the best of the Jazz post game here with Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Jazz smashed the Cavs last night, 114 to 75. Donovan Mitchell led the way with 19 points. Uh, Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley both had 18 apiece. Rudy had 18, 17 boards, four block shots, two steals, and uh, really just blew out the Cavs. They led by 40 at one point during this game and in fact all the starters played in the 20s uh, 
uh, from a minute standpoint is this game was basically over before halftime. And uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, most of the starters, Rudy was in at the beginning, but uh, most everybody sat the entire fourth quarter. The Cavs uh, didn't bring a whole lot of talent to town, certainly overmatched, oversized as well. They were led by Colin Sexton, who had 20 points. Garland uh, added 18. But let's get some postgame sound going for you. Let's start off with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. All right, we'll get started with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Coach, we talk about connected defense. Uh, was tonight pretty close to that? You know, I, I thought the, the first few minutes of the game, we weren't as alert as we needed to be in transition. That's something that, um, you know, we talked about pretty early, and I, I saw our guys respond. Um, you know, some good things. I, I still think off the ball, you know, we've just got to be – a little more aware. Um, we really want to shift and protect the paint. And, you know, I thought did a good job of that really with the ball handler. We've just got to be conscious of cutters as well. But, you know, every game we want to defend, um, no matter who we're playing, no matter what style they're playing. And that's what we're after. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, obviously you don't want to take anything for granted in a game like this, but once you get up by a certain amount and there's only a certain amount of time left, what do you kind of shift your focus to like in terms of trying to work on things or, or in terms of getting certain habits kind of reinforced? Well, I, I think the habits are the same, you know, um, regardless of who's in the game, regardless of the score, who you're playing. And that, that's the nature of, you know, of habits. Sometimes when you get a lead, um, teams have a tendency to stop sharing the ball quite as much. Um, and that's something I think we, we did a good job of. We kept playing the right way. You know, we kept running back. There were, you know, usually if you let up mentally, you know, you can see it with certain mistakes that jump out. And that, that wasn't the case. And I thought everybody that was in the game was focused on playing defense. Last question, Sarah Todd, Desert News. When are you um, using one of the coaches' challenges, like when uh, Rudy stripped that ball or when Donovan stripped that ball, what's kind of your checklist before you actually make that decision? And is it that someone's telling you something or you're hearing a reaction or is it just from the player? What, what goes into that? You know, Sarah, we talked about this a lot last year when the rule was new and um, we've kind of kept the same you know, the same system, so to speak. A lot of it will depend upon the score, um, you know, the time and score, I should say, and really timeout situation. So in that instance, um, you know, had, had we not had a timeout coming, but in, in that case, we were able to use a mandatory timeout that was coming at seven and, and it was a good time to go ahead and do it. Sometimes, you know, whether it's a player's foul um, oftentimes, a, you know, a third or fourth foul that can come into play. And then, you know, you see a lot of times when I think coaches are reluctant to use their challenge because you don't get the timeout back. And, you know, particularly at the end of the game, if you need to advance the ball, um, you know, you're really weighing that versus versus the challenge. So a lot of things that go into it. Um, I think the, the league will keep looking at the rule, um, but I think people are getting more used to um, to using the challenge. There's Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Talks a little bit uh, there about what goes into reviewing uh, and deciding when to review a play. Kind of uh, interesting. All the topics you get into when uh, 
the Jazz uh, blow out uh, an uninteresting team. Let's get some uh, player sound. Let's start things off with Rudy Gobert. Hey, Rudy. First question will be Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Can't see. Hey, Rudy. When you guys get such a big lead, it's easy to let up mentally, but you guys didn't do that. Did you have conversations about that, or how do you keep the pedal down through such big leads? I think uh, regardless of the score, you know, regardless if we're up, uh, if we're down, we we really want to keep getting better every single, you know, minute on the court. And regardless if it's, you know, end of the game, early in the game, we want to play defense and uh, and, and we want to share the ball offensively and, and shoot the ball. And, you know, tonight I think was probably one of our best game in terms of cons- consistency defensively. I think, you know, every single minute on the court, Everyone that came in was uh, was locked in defensively, so it was big. Next up, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, it's the second lowest uh, point total for any team this year uh, that you guys allowed. I mean, you guys usually have a lot of really good defensive nights, but this one was a great one. What was the difference between pretty good and great in this instance? I think our communication was great from the beginning. You know, um, we really didn't let them get comfortable. You know, they have a lot of guys that can, you know, uh, that can re- that can score a lot of points if they get comfortable. And you know, we really did a great job protecting the paint, and uh, and also we didn't give them any transition points. You know, or maybe a few, but we did a great job running back and uh, set our defense. And uh, you know, when you when you have to play against our half court defense, it's a different game. Matt Cole's AP. Rudy, it seems like you've elevated your game since the All-Star break. What do you think that you've improved the most in these last uh, eight, nine games? I think I'm getting more and more comfortable. You know, um, obviously offensively, you know, my teammates are doing a, a great job looking for me even more. And uh, and it's on me to, you know, to, to be a better playmaker and, and finisher around the rim for my team. And, you know, uh, I, I put a lot of work in every day to, to get better. And uh, and I know that, you know, in the playoffs, it's going to be huge for me to, to be dominant out there. And obviously defensively, you know, I think, uh, you know, I keep raising my level and try to, Keep raising the team level defensively every single day to, you know, when it's when it's playoff time uh, for us to be at our best defensively. That was Rudy Gobert, uh, boy Rudy, terrific once again. Eighteen points, seventeen boards, four block shots. Uh, Rudy consistently good, night in, night out. Let's check in with Donovan Mitchell. Hey, Donovan, we'll get started with Sarah Todd, Desert News. Sounds good. Hey, Don, I know I know that it was a small moment in the game, and it probably didn't matter to the larger scheme of things. But when you get a coach's challenge on a play like the one where you strip the ball and you know, it's clean. What, I mean, is that vindication? How sweet is that moment? And what, like the fact that Quinn's willing to take that time out and risk it for that? Uh, I mean, you know, I just tried to make the play on the ball and, you know, I told him, I said, you can take it if you want to, if you don't, you know, I think I had like no fouls at that point. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, too worried about if they were shooting free throws, but you know, it definitely was good to feel like I was right. I knew I hit the ball, but sometimes referees just make mistakes, you know, at the end of the day. But, you know, if I I guess if it was like a closer situation or late game, uh, it might've been a different emotion, you know, I might've been a little even more excited, but, you know, um, I think for me, just for all of us, I think, you know, when you, when you know, you don't do something and you, and you get that challenge, I think it's a, it's definitely a good feeling for sure. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, obviously the priority remains, you know, not losing a big lead 
you know that you guys picked up but once the advantage gets to a certain point how does the game shift in terms of you know trying to get guys going who are maybe struggling or trying to develop you know certain habits or work on certain things as the game goes along yeah i think you know the biggest thing is when you're up by that much it's tough to stay locked in you know and we've been culprits of doing that a few times uh between this year last year um we've seen it you know i think for us is how do we continue to stay you know locked in and i think the biggest thing is offensively it is what it is but i think the biggest thing is a defensive end you know there was a stretch where i think it was mike got back royce did and then i did you know three mental errors and i think that's really where our mind has to stay locked in on that point, you know, and it can't happen. And we fixed it. We cleaned it up. Now, don't get me wrong. We had plenty of really good defensive possessions, but, you know, those, the little ones, you know, and they're, they're, they're going to happen. But, you know, if we can control those and to put an emphasis on it, that way it's still in the forefront of our, our brains. Um, I think that's something that we really put emphasis on when we're up by, when we have leads like that. Um, and then, you know, as far as guys, you know, shooting, shooting out of slumps or whatever, just, just let it fly, you know, getting guys the ball in situations and letting them, letting them attack, you know, not really putting too much pressure on them, I think, is the biggest thing. Chris and Kenny, Jazz TV. Coach mentioned the amount of work that you put into your craft, the film sessions with Watt. What does that look like, that process, the routine, you know, kind of after like a night like tonight and let's say before you, you go to Memphis? Sorry, say that again. Sorry, I... I zoned out for a quick second. <laughs> Sorry. Well, coach was talking about just the amount of work you put into your craft and the film sessions with Jeff Watt Watkinson. Um, I'm just curious what that routine for you looks like, like after a game, like tonight, you know, are you watching breaking down film and then before the next one? Yeah. You know, it's actually, uh, it's been a lot of uh, KD or Keon um, pregame, every game uh, we're in there. Um, just going over different things, you know, um, for him to come in and, you know, not really be a first year coach, you know, coming in there and really teaching me things that he's seen, you know, throughout the league and his time. But also for me, I've always been like that in college, you know, watching film. I think film is the biggest way, you know, when you can't necessarily always get the physical reps, you know, when you play as, when you have a shortened season, when you got to rest your body, I think the mental things of understanding how teams are going to guard me, understanding what's going to be open, you know, manipulating the situations to, to get, anything you want as far as a, a basket. If you want to get a shot, if you want to get, you know, a boy on a shot, if you want to get Mike a shot. And, you know, and it helps when you have not only the coaches, but when you have Mike, Joe, you know, two guys who handle the ball, who I look at and, and ask questions to and just watch. Um, but for me, it's been consistent film work. You know, I'm at the house watching, you know, basketball 24 uh, seven. Joe makes fun of me for it, but like, that's, that's all I do. Um, even when I'm playing video games, uh, there's always a TV, you know, or something to scream on it or something, whether it's our game or, you know, whoever we're playing, whoever may be playing or whoever, just any type of NBA game, just to find habits and just to find ways to better myself and be the best player I can be, which ultimately uh, help the team. Next up, Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. So, Donovan, we've talked a lot about your first quarters recently and over the last five games. I think you're a top five scorer in the NBA in first quarters. On the other hand, for the season, you're like 72nd in scoring in the fourth, and that's a major flip from last year. Is that good? I mean, do you, do you like that you don't have that much pressure to score late? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, that's a crazy stat. <laughs> no, that's, a, that's a good one. Um, you know, for me, it's not always about, like I said, my job is to, you know, some nights is go out there and try and score. Sometimes it's, you know, it's it's impacting the game in different ways. I've had bad shooting nights. I've had nights where I don't have to shoot. But when you have – as much shooting as we do, teams start to kind of take the ball out of my hands and I find guys, you know, trusting my teammates 
that's been a big development in my career and, and just being able to find those reads. And that goes back into what I was telling Kristen with the film, you know, understanding that, okay, the first three quarters are going to go like this. And then this is what's going to happen in the fourth. The game's going to slow down. There's going to be certain situations. I got to be able to find ways to manipulate them to get a shot, a pass or whatever, who's going to be open in what situation. Um, fortunately this year, we really haven't had many close games. You know, I think that's, that's also been a part of it too. Um, where we haven't had situations where I've, you know, you've seen it through my career where I've had the ball, you know, a bunch, you know, and also on top of that, you got to give credit to the guys we have, whether it's Mike, Joe, Boyan, Rudy, Royce, like we got guys out there that can take the pressure off myself and it's, and I have no problem, you know, doing that. And, you know, they trust me just like I trust them. And it's been, it's really easy when you just be able to have so many options out there. So I guess you can equate that to that, but I don't really, I'm not really um, worried about that. If that makes sense. Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, when you're sitting at the end of the game, kind of watching the fourth quarter, are you, I know you're in kind of supportive teammate mode, but are you kind of like a coach on the sideline there a little bit? Are you watching to see, you know, who's doing well with their minutes, even, you know, in their limited time as, as young players? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is how can I help? You know, I think, you know, for me, you know, a guy I've talked to a lot about, is, is, talked a lot with is Trent. You know, he's a guy that, you know, just kind of teaching them certain angles, certain finishes, certain ways to get people involved, you know, and the biggest way, and, and my mom being a teacher, she always told me, you know, when you teach someone, when you verbally speak something, you're also helping yourself develop too. You know, so for me, I'm kind of telling them certain situations. So not only am I helping them, but I'm helping, you know, myself as far as seeing the game as well from a different vantage point, you know, and understanding that these guys look to me and I'm, I'm out there to just to be a resource you know, not just to support, but to go out there and just say, hey, this is what you see here. This is what coach wants. Um, this is what coach would like to see here. This is our scheme here, whether it's Trent, JB, Mie, Matt Thomas, George, like whoever it may be, um, uh, Eli, like they've done a great job. You know, we've been in a few of those situations where they've got a lot of minutes uh, re recently. Um, and not just doing what was what was done with me, you know, uh, I give a huge Credit to Rodney, you know, Rodney Hood, who did that for me, you know, throughout my whole entire rookie season. Um, and, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, continue to, to, to show that like, I, I'm here for these guys if they need anything um, uh, as far as advice throughout the game. But also being able to see things, like I said, that'll help myself, you know, when I get into the game as well. There's Donovan Mitchell, 19 points for Donovan, 7 of 14, shooting 4 of 7 from 3. Did most of that damage in the first half because it was not needed in the second half. Let's get some more sound. Let's uh, go to George Niang. All right, we'll start with Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Hey, George. Uh, I know that you talked about how excited you were about Matt coming over, but just being on the court with him and, you know, you guys passing the ball to each other, running up and down, how nice is that? Yeah, as you can see from the smile on my face, it's like old times. We had a lot of good memories at Iowa State. and uh, Like I said before, I think it's just so unique and cool that – you know, you can live out a dream that you once talked about with one of your good friends in college, in college about what it's like to be at the next level. And we get to, uh, not to sound too mushy, but we get to do it together on, on the same team. Um, it's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was great to be back out there um, with Matt and, and see him put the ball in, in the hoop, put the orange thing in the orange thing. Next up, Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, George, once you guys get up by as much as you were and, you know, you go from playing with kind of the rotation guys to being kind of the anchor point with the young guys in the fourth quarter, how does the focus shift? Like what kind of things are you working on? What kind of things are you telling them as they're getting some experience playing in the game? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for me is just 
continuing to play the right way, whether that's me being involved more in actions or pick and roll or post-ups, just still playing the right way, you know, making the right reads and defending Coach is always preaching about defending. So the biggest thing is just when I'm out there with them is lead by example, uh, and do the right things. Uh, I think that that's really all I'm really focused on is continue to play the right way, no matter what the score is. Brian Miller, KSL. Hey George, can you kind of feel when teams get intimidated per se by Rudy? <laughs> uh, for sure. When, you know, they're not taking shots at the rim or they're taking long contested twos. Um, I don't know what word you'd use it, but, the gravity that Rudy has as a defender with, you know, keeping guys out of the paint is uh, one that is like one I've never seen. Uh, You know, it's realistically the way we play defense is, you know, if your guy does beat you, you know, continue to stay on his hip and good luck, you know, because I mean, Rudy's seven, two, he's a skilled shot blocker. He's not just big, but you know, he's skilled at what he does and he, has a great ability if he's not going to block the shot to just make guys miss. So um, there's a reason why he's a two-time defensive player of the year. And with everything that's being said, he should be the three-time defensive player of the year. Um, Just putting that out there. No, I don't think anybody affects the game more defensively than Rudy does. And that's just a fact. All right. Next up, Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Face in Memphis for the third time in six days in Memphis. Uh, What do you expect this time around? Uh, dog fight, uh, you know, n- nothing less than that. Uh, Memphis is a super tough team uh, and they have a lot of skilled guys and they're not happy that they came out here and dropped two against us. So we're definitely going to get their best bet and their best fight. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to be ready for it. Um, I think it's huge for our growth to get out there and, and get that game. Um, obviously it's going to be a tough one, but you know, the way we started this season, we're really just focused on getting a little bit better each day. Last question, Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. George, you're now seasoned veteran, so I'm going to ask you about the young guys. And in particular, you know, you're playing with Trent, you're playing with Elijah, you're playing with Jarrell Brantley. What do you notice from those guys in their minutes so far? And, and kind of what are you excited about with, with them? Um, you know, I think the biggest thing uh, that I'm excited for them is you kind of see a little bit of your journey in that, you know, building brick by brick with, you know, every five to 10 minute stint that they get and the stuff that you see them work as working endless hours on in pickup when they play three on three or four on four and in practice and when their workouts and you get to see that implemented um, in their game when they're out there. And uh, there's a quote, you know, Jeff Van Gundy spoke to my college team one time and told me, you know, when you find like real happiness in the game is when you can actually be happy for someone else's success. And sometimes I catch myself acting like a silly schoolgirl jumping up and down when they're making threes and, you know, doing the moves that they've worked on. And that's the best part is because I know what it was like to grind and get to that point and work hard and to get your opportunity and to see those guys have that success and see the stuff that they work hard on work is like, uh, thrilling, you know, it's thrilling for me because I'm happy for them. Cause I, I've been in their shoes and I know how much work they put in. So to see the ball go in for them makes me uh, really happy. And especially when they play well. There's George Niang. Uh, George, three of five, nine points coming in off the bench. Uh, talked about uh, how excited he is to play with newest jazz man, Matt Thomas, his uh, former uh, college teammate. Let's lap, wrap up player sound by hearing from Mike Conley. We'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. 
Hey, Mike. So just for starters, just wondering after uh, the first half that you had, obviously you came out firing in the second half and you're a little more efficient. What changed for you after halftime? Well, you know, I, I thought uh, after the half, I just made it a point to try to get the ball and try to be more aggressive and, and look to make plays. I thought, you know, I can, I can get kind of lost out there and, and, you know, in the flow of the game, we got so many guys that can make plays and handle the ball that um, you miss a few shots, you know, they can, uh, you know, you can get a little bit passive. So I think I got to that point. Um, and then third quarter, I just, you know, coach, coach drew up a couple plays and, you know, I took the initiative and uh, got a little bit more, um, you know, ball heavy and made plays and uh, looked to score. Kristen Kenny, Joss Huey. Despite a big lead, you guys didn't let up mentally. Is that maturity, experience, or what do you attribute that to? Well, I think it has a lot of uh, a lot of things, but I think our coaches, uh, especially Coach Quinn, you know, just pushing us at every timeout, pushing us at every uh, halftime of games like this to continue to 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 try to be perfect, to try to be great. Um, in order to do that, you have to be consistent, and uh, and and we've kind of taken that and run with it. And tonight, we were able to accomplish that for four quarters because um, we've had games where we've we've had leads and, and let it slip away. So. You know, I'm proud of our guys to, you know, to be able to take what coaches said, coaches said and apply it to the games and, um, and take pride in, in, in continuing to, to play jazz basketball regardless of the league. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Mike, you guys tied the franchise record now for home wins uh, in a row with 20 in a row. How does this compare to A, seasons past when you've had fans in the arena and B, what it was like when you were in Grind City? Like, what's it like to have that confidence when you're playing at home? Um, it's a special feeling, honestly. You know, when you're able to know coming into a building uh, like like we have here in Vivint that, you know, we have an advantage. We always feel like that. Even with, you know, the stands not completely full, we feel like we, you know, still have some of the best fans in the, in, in the world. So, um you know, you can imagine when it's when it's packed and when it's full. I mean, it was similar in Memphis when we were, you know, we were rolling those years. Um, you know, our fans were all over the place and we were just, you know, it was a tough place to come play and we knew it. Um, you know, every time somebody left that building, they were like, man, you know, we hate playing you guys. We hate playing in the, in the grindhouse. And I feel like that's what, you know, we're trying to build here and we're continuing to, you know, take pride in, in coming in every day, suiting up in front of our home fans. Last question, follow-up from Kristen Kenny. Uh, Mike, Quinn mentioned just the amount of work that Donovan puts into his craft, which we've talked about this before, but, you know, and he was saying at his house, he, he's watching basketball 24-7 with all of his monitors. Um, can you just, what is that like? I mean, how many monitors does this guy have? Is he constantly talking about basketball with you guys? I mean, just, just the amount of focus that he has on the game. Yeah, uh, he's unbelievable. He's a student of the student of the game. Honestly, he probably watches, you know, more basketball than I've seen from anybody. Like, I mean, that, and that's across the board. He's watching college to NBA. I mean, the whole league pass. He's watching every game that's going on. So um, he's always learning. He's always, you know, he's just a fan. He's a kid and loves loves to 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 watch uh, watch the game and learn from it. So. I think it's, he's applying it to his game. He's applying the things he's learning, and uh, he's working for it. There is Mike Conley, 18 points for Mike, five assists and four rebounds. Jazz win 114-75 to over the Cavs. 
Up next, the Jazz play the Memphis Grizzlies again tomorrow night in Memphis. That game will tip off at 6. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. All right, there you go. The Jazz with an easy win. How much can they win? What's their winning streak going to be? All the headlines have the Final Four set up now with Arkansas and Houston going to the Final Four. We'll get to get to that next. Stay with us. Here's the headlines. What is trending? It's coming up next right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.